Welcome to Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. Over the years, one of the things we did a lot was to have fishing trips up in Maine, especially with groups of men. We first started doing it in the earlier part of May, just after ice was out on the lakes. That means, of course, that the water is very, very cold, and there were actually a couple of times that we got up there and ice was still on the lake. I remember one time we got there and ice was right to the mouth of the Moose River, which is where we were staying, and all we could do was fish in the river a little bit, and there was very little action. That was by far the worst fishing trip we ever had. When we were there fishing earlier in May, we were fishing especially for salmon, and we would catch some lake trout too. We were trying to catch the salmon run. We never probably really hit it, although we hit a few times where we were right at the beginning or right at the end of the run, and we did really pretty well. But since it's dependent on when the ice goes out, and of course we had to plan in advance when to get up there and when to rent the cabins and everything, we didn't always hit it well. But it was still a good time with men, with uh, some really good friends, and enjoy all of the creation there in Maine. Maine is a beautiful state in many ways. Lots and lots of pine trees. The lakes are beautiful. Where we fished in Moosehead Lake, it is a huge lake and lots of good scenery as well as sometimes really good fishing. Sometimes there were mistakes made in the trip. One time, my friend Bruce took a group of guys in a little motorboat that we were using and went all the way around the lake behind what is called Mount Kineo. And there is a big hole there in the lake. It's very, very deep there. And they were fishing for salmon and spent most of the day in that area. And they did okay. They caught some, not lots and lots, but they caught some. And as it was getting close to time to come in towards the evening, they pulled everything in and Bruce started up the engine and started driving as fast as that little nine horse motor would go across the lake. I can remember it very well when they pulled up to the dock I was standing there, and Bruce and the others, but Bruce especially, was very excited. They had caught some really nice salmon. He says, wait till you see them. And he reaches down to pick up his stringer, where he had put the salmon on the stringer, and he pulls it up, and the look on his face was priceless. Because all that was left were three sets of jaws and teeth from the salmon. He had forgotten to pull them out of the water and put them into the boat as they started driving across the lake as fast as they could. All that action actually tore the salmon away from the rest of the body, and all he had left was a set of jaws and teeth from three nice big salmon. We all got a really good laugh about that. Bruce was not laughing quite so much. 
there was another time we were fishing and it was one of those times when there was still quite a bit of ice on the lake. And so we were fishing on the Moose River for the most part, and it was very slow. Uh, we were not doing well. It was one of the times that actually made us change what we did some. But I was out in one boat with my friend Buck, and we had been fishing hard all day long. And finally, Buck hooked a salmon. And he fought it and brought it in and holds it up. It was a nice salmon, not huge, but nice. As he unhooked it, he measured it because they're supposed to be a certain size. And he measured it, and it was just about 17 and a half inches or so. And, and he asked me, well, what, what is the length supposed to be? And I'm trying to remember what the regulations were. And finally, I told him, you know, I think it's it's 18 inches because that's what it had been uh, for many years. And he says, oh, boy. And I said, well, <laughs> I mean, it's up to you, Buck. You do what you want. There are always game wardens around. And so, of course, if you get stopped, th then they'll check it. You know, if, if you stand on it, it probably does stretch out to 18 inches. But I told Buck, you do what you want. And so finally, Buck, with a clear conscience, he thought, he said, I better throw it back. And so he did. He threw back the 17 and a half inch salmon. And we fished the rest of the day and didn't get a thing. We got back to the docks that evening. We get out. We put all of our stuff away. And we go into our little cabin Buck goes to find the regulations, and he pulls out the book, and wouldn't you know it, that particular year, they had changed the size of salmon down to 16 inches. <laughs> oh, no. I thought Buck was going to kill me, and I probably wouldn't have blamed him. It was an awful moment in all of our fishing adventures there in Maine. We finally decided to stop trying to find the the right time for salmon fishing and lake trout and decided to go a little bit later in May around Memorial Day. By then usually the ice was completely out. There's also really good bass fishing in certain parts of Maine. Now, not every person in Maine likes that. Somebody introduced them many years ago, I suppose, and a lot of the Maine natives don't like the bass, but we like catching them. And so over the years, we've found a good place to go, a lot of good places to go and catch bass. And when we get there, it's smallmouth and largemouth bass both, usually right around the end of May when we get there, they are in their spawn, which means they're laying their eggs and uh, they're guarding the egg nest and everything, and they are very aggressive. It is a lot of fun catching them. We use a lot of different things of lures and soft lures. They will really attack them. We do almost all just catch and release because we don't want to mess up the spawn. And so we just catch them, bite them, let them go. And we have caught some really nice big bass down through the years.
but there are also adventures when you're out on some of these small ponds where we go because it's uh, May, the water is chilly. A lot of these ponds are not particularly deep and so it makes it great for bass. I can remember one time I was fishing and actually I was with my son-in-law Ben and we're fishing and we'd actually been doing pretty well and suddenly we hear this really loud yell and we look across the pond where we were and there was one of our other guys, Jeff, and we could see something was wrong. And so we pulled in our lines and paddled over there as quickly as we could. My friend Ralph was another direction and he came as quickly as he could. We got there and, and Jeff and uh, his partner somehow had tipped the canoe there in the lake. It was about chest deep on Jeff. So it wasn't danger of like sinking below or anything like that. The water was very cold. And of course, everything that was in the canoe had fallen down into the water. But what was most, most impressive was that Jeff had one fishing rod in his hand yet, and he had a fish on, and he was still pulling that fish in. What had happened was he'd started fighting that fish and somehow they got excited and both leaned the wrong way and that canoe went over. We found out later there was one canoe from the ones we rented that was very unstable and that was the one that Jeff was in. We got Jeff into our canoe and his partner went with Ralph and we took them over to the shore. We got a fire going so that they could get warmed up and dried out a little bit. Then actually we went back Jeff wanted to go back and get all his gear. And so he went back and jumped back into the lake and fished around for all his fishing tackle rods and reels because they had two or three more there with them. And And he found everything. He got everything. He was very, very cold by the end of that. And the fire was a great help. But to keep fishing while you're in the water, that's that's pretty good. There was another time, another guy, Bill and his son were out fishing. It was almost the same place. And all of a sudden we hear this big yell and cry and, and splash. We heard it all. And we went over there to make sure everything was okay. And again, it was shallow. In fact, it was probably about hip deep there. They had tipped over because Bill's son had decided he needed to use the bathroom and thought he would just try to relieve himself without going out to the bank. As he stood up in the canoe, everything went over. Bill was not a happy fisherman at that point. We, of course, made a lot of jokes about that, about how you go fishing and when maybe you should take time to have a little potty break. One place where we fish there and do really well with bass and and there are a lot of brook trout as well and there's a junk fish called chub but they fight like trout. They're really, really fun to catch actually. There's one river we go down. As you put in, as you put in right away, there are some rapids right there and not really bad but they're definitely a class two and if you're not being careful with a canoe, it's easy to tip over your canoe. And we have seen a number of people do that. I've had friends who 
tipped over there and lost some of their fishing gear. One time we were there on our fishing trip, friend of mine from Quebec, Olivier, was going down that set of rapids and sure enough, right away, before they could even get started fishing, we hear a yell. We had already gone down. We were actually already fishing in the first hole below the rapids and we heard the yell and then we see all this stuff come floating down the river. That was from Olivier's canoe. We gathered it all in and he finally got down and got in the canoe. He was pretty upset with himself. Um, Olivier is a pretty good fisherman and he loves to fish. So he just got back in, got everything together and just kept fishing and just endured the cold. There were probably oh four or five canoes of us there fishing down along that river. And we had a way to get out at one point. Rather than follow the river all the way down into the, the pond, uh, which would be, it's really an all-day trip if you do that. And so we were telling them what to look for. And we kept saying there's a bridge. And there is. But it's not a bridge over the little river. It's all over a little stream that comes into it. All of us that had been there before, we knew what we were talking about. But Olivier didn't realize that. And also his friend, also from Quebec, they got ahead of us. And they wanted to get to the big holes first and fishing. And, and they were doing okay. But when we finally got to where we knew we needed to get out. We fished and there's one big hole there. And then we went and uh, went back upstream just a little bit and started taking the canoes out. But then we wondered, where is Olivier? We waited and we called and actually uh, Jason, a friend of mine, went back down to where the we had been fishing and make sure nobody was there. And he came back and we realized Oh boy, they went on past this. And the next way out is clear all the way down at the pond. We didn't know exactly what to do. We didn't want it to be getting dark. We knew that Olivier had been wet and cold. We just decided somebody's going to have to go try to find him. So Jason and Ben got in a canoe and they started going down as fast as they could to try to catch up. Now, there are several rapids on that river. Again, nothing really big, but they can tip you over in a hurry if you're not paying attention. And so they went down trying to find Olivier and his friend, and actually the friend's son was with them too. I took the vehicle that we were in. Um, I had... Um, Ford Explorer, and there were a couple of side roads that I could drive and kind of get close to the river there and went down and blew the horn and yelled. We were trying to call them because there were cell phones, but there's no reception there. I just, all I could do was go and honk the horn and be praying. And finally, I drove all the way down to where I knew that we would take people out of the pond. We could drive that far, just waited. In a while, here comes Ben and Jason and Olivier and the other guys. They had caught up with them. They were really in great distress because they realized something was wrong. They couldn't get back upstream because of all the rapids. When Ben 
and Jason found them. They were just walking their canoe, trying down, walk down through some rapids to keep going. The boy was crying. Probably the guys were close to crying. And they were so happy to have been rescued. They didn't have very good fishing that day. Unfortunately, the rest of us had had some really good fishing because we had taken our time going down to certain spots. It's always good to know where you are when you're fishing, right? There's another pond we go to a little bit farther away. We have to drive to it. And one time I was fishing in a canoe with a friend, John. John is really a good fisherman. Sometimes I wanted just to go with him, hoping that, you know, maybe a fish would make a mistake and hit my lure. And uh, this particular day, it was one of those days I was getting a few, I was getting some strikes, but having a hard time landing them. And John was killing it. And it didn't matter where we went. It seemed like he was catching a lot of, here it was, largemouth bass and pickerel. It was just it was really crazy. I'd throw my lure out and I could feel something just tapping it and he'd throw his out and wham, he would catch something. That went on all day long. I kept the threatening John that I was just going to tip over the canoe out of spite all day long. And he would laugh because he would catch two or three and I'd maybe get one. Just as it was time to go back, we're paddling along in this pond here I see this little snag of a tree that was out there kind of in the middle. And I thought, you know, that looks like a good spot for bass. And so I took and I threw my lure, dropped it right in the perfect spot. I thought, oh boy, and I'm reeling in and, and nothing. And John says, oh, well, let me try it. He throws it, lands almost in the same spot and wham, he caught a great big bass right there. I couldn't believe it. I just put my pole away and started paddling. It was time to go in. I was in that same pond another time with Ben, my son-in-law, and it was raining like you couldn't believe. It was just pouring. It was one of the things, why are we out here even? But it was the time we had for fishing, and we're out there doing our best. And it was raining so hard, we weren't doing quite as well as we'd expected but we were catching some, and then suddenly we were in a big bunch of lily pads, and I felt something, and I fought it for a long time. It had hit hard and pulled it up, and it was a huge pickerel, probably the largest pickerel I'd ever seen, certainly largest I had ever caught, and it was a lot of fun. If you've ever caught them, they fight like crazy. They hit like they are torpedoes. It was a great amount of fun. And finally, I got it in after fighting it for a while, got it in, pulled it up, and we were just sitting there amazed the size of it. And it was still just pouring rain. I don't know if it was Ben or myself. We said, you know, that poor fish, after all of that, taking him out of the water is raining so hard, he doesn't even know he's out of the water yet. It was really a big rainstorm. But we've been there other times. We have caught some really big bass, and it's always a lot of fun. Fishing with friends is a great thing. Being able to fish in places like Maine or Colorado or up in British Columbia, all sorts of places where I fished, when you're with somebody, it's a lot of fun. Well, 
maybe you'll get a chance to go fishing in Maine sometime. If so, I hope you catch some really big ones. This is Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. I'll see you next time.